Well, I am truly honored to be able to stand here with you and invite you to get your Bibles in 1 Timothy. We're going to be there. Travis, where'd you go? There you are. All right. Should have made you sit on the front row so I can stare right at you the whole time. And so, uh, church, I'm thankful that you're here, but I'm going to preach to Travis and Megan for a little bit. And so I promise to let you out before midnight. Uh, I'm not quite the Apostle Paul, but I do want to just challenge him. Oh, man. All the way to midnight. That's my son right there. He wants to stay up past midnight. Even if it's in church, listen to Dad talk. He, he's willing to do it. Well, First Timothy is where, where I want you to be, Travis. Uh, and really, I'm honored to stand here uh, and to be here at this moment in your life. I remember this punk kid with a big head and a little bitty body who thought he was bigger than a Rottweiler. And I tell you, uh, what a blessing it is to watch God uh, grow in your life and you let you uh, give yourself to Him. And so as there's, we stand here, there's two important truths that I want to just leave with you. Just two truths. One, you have a high calling. And secondly, we have a faithful God. And so that's what we're going to look at very quickly tonight. Timothy had a great admiration for the Apostle Paul. Uh, and so as we think about the book of 1 Timothy, uh, it was the Apostle Paul being able to really to mentor a young preacher. And so as he does, uh, does so, Timothy, uh, just a little bit about his background, he was raised by a Gentile father and he had a uh, believing Jewish mother and a grandmother who also influenced his life. And so no doubt his father would have invested in him and told him these fanciful stories about the Greek gods and these things that he could have followed. But instead uh, of listening to stories about Alexander the Great, he was more enthralled about the stories of Moses. And he was more enthralled uh, about how God led his children out of, the, out of uh, Egypt. And, and so as we see Timothy then, he sees the Apostle Paul and he, uh, throughout his ministry. And as he watches this, uh, the Apostle Paul, Timothy becomes enthralled with this man. And, and truly, Timothy became a son of the faith for the Apostle Paul. Well, Travis, you were raised in less than an ideal situation, but you've dedicated to the Lord and publicly here proclaimed that you want to give your life to Christ. No matter, no matter what it may be, and so I, I'm just reminded that the call of the pastor is so, so deeply affects a man that once it's laid upon the heart of a man, he can do nothing else except obey that will of God. And so I just want to encourage you in this regard, um, because there's going to be days where you feel that, man, I just can't go on anymore and I can't continue, but when it's God that calls us, it's God that's going to sustain us. And so as we come to 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul speaks to this young preacher and he encourages him during the early stages of his ministry and he really introduces him uh, to the Savior, the value of sound doctrine, how to lead the church, uh, how he can be effective in his Christian life. And so there's a lot here, and I appreciate what Brother Boonstra had said in our meeting as he said, give yourself to study in First and Second Timothy. It will make a difference uh, in your life as you uh, just desire to grow as a pastor. And so as we come to this, we're just going to echo some of these words and these truths that Paul has shared with Timothy. And they're also truths that I believe as a church that we can look at and examine our own life because as we come to God's uh, word, it is alive, it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So it's not just going to apply to this man's, but it's going to apply to all of our lives. And so as we come to this, I just want you to, to come and say, uh, truly, we want God to be glorified. So first off, look at 1 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 1. He says this, This is a true saying, If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. 
Now the Apostle Paul told Timothy here uh, that to desire the office of a pastor was a good thing, and it's a good desire. But truly, it's got to be more than just a desire to be a pastor, to, to serve in ministry. For if the source of our call is desire alone, then there's going to be days on Monday. I appreciate what Brother Bob said. Don't quit on Monday. Uh, you know, because on Monday, there's going to be some times where we get discouraged. And maybe there's some, some dis- disappointing things that happen in ministry. And, and that's where we come all the way back to. Listen, God has called me to this. It's not just a desire of my heart. But, but Paul talks about in 1 Timothy chapter 1, if you look there, and we're going to be in multiple places in 1 Timothy, so just bear with me. 1 Timothy 1 and verse number 12. He says, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, and then he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. He said, listen, the one that put me into the ministry wasn't me, myself, and I, but it was Jesus Christ. Well, listen, that's the same calling we have in our own life. It's that, that God puts us here. God leads us to this place. And as we do the work of the Lord, we must recognize that it's the, one, the Lord that puts us in this. And we can continue by faith, trusting in, like what Brother Terry said, in the omniscience of God, that if He's the one that called you, He's going to sustain you. Amen? And so notice that Paul also points to that the source of his callings in his life. It wasn't an emotional experience, but it, was his, it wasn't just a desire, but it was from Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 7. Look there with me, 1 Timothy 2, 7. He says, Wherein too I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth of Christ, uh, of, in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Again, as Paul found out in, in, in his life, Knowing the source of your call is extremely important. And so, because the Apostle Paul would face great challenges. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter number uh, 11 and verses 24 through 28, he recounts some of those challenges. He says, of the Jews received I 40 stripes, save one. Five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day have I been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils, in perils of robbers. And he goes on. And in this list here, we see that, that in through all of this, he says, in weariness and painfulness, and I, this last verse, verse 28, says, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily. This is the care of the churches. You see, it's the call of God on a man's life that helps sustain him through those things. And if you're trusting in just a, just a desire for attention or grand, any kind of grandeur, you're not going to make it. And so it's got to be come back to that call of God every single time. And it's God that leads you to it. It's going to be God that leads you through it every single time. Now, I don't know what challenges you're going to face going forward, but the promise is there that there will be tribulation. In the next book, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and verse 12, he says, Yea, and all that will live godly shall suffer persecution. And so we must in those moments remember who the enemy is. And he says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so we come back to this place, and, and, and just as we've encouraged one another in this year, we must be willing to stand strong, to put on the whole armor of God. As he says in verse 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. And this is a daily choice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, each day I'm going to take and put on that helmet of salvation. I'm going to put the, uh, the belt of truth on. I'm going to make sure that I am girded with those things that God called me to put on each day because we're in spiritual warfare each and every day. 
There's no break. There's no, there's no time to say, well, I'm going to put a pause here. But instead, we see that this is something that as we minister, we must be willing to say, God, I'm going to give you my very best. I'm going to put on the whole armor of God and follow you. But I want to remind you that though there are times of great intensity in ministry, God is our source of strength. And that's what the Apostle Paul was trying to encourage young Timothy here in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 14 as he spoke about the salvation that God had brought him. And he says, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. I just love the fact that he talks about this grace because as we minister uh, to others, we find that our strength is insufficient. I can't do it on my own. And, and so we have like even in Second Corinthians chapter number 12, this, uh, this uh, time where Paul was writing to this church here. And he was encouraging them. He says, listen, there was a time where I was caught up to the third heaven. But even in this moment, God reminded me that I'm not as big and wonderful as I think I am. And he brought a thorn in, of the flesh into his life. In Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, Paul writes about this. And he says, unless I should be exalted above measure, that through the abundance of the revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And God doesn't always remove the trial. God doesn't always take us and, and make it easy for us ahead. Sometimes what God does is gives us strength in the midst of our weakness. And that's what he did for the Apostle Paul. He said in verse number 9, And my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And he says, then, I, then, he says, then I take pleasure in these things. And so as we, we consider what Paul was writing to the Apostle Paul here, we see that God is encouraging us, listen, this Christian life is going to have times of uh, trouble and there's going to be some times of trial, but God works in those things and reminds us that His grace is always sufficient for those moments. How could He take pleasure in trials? Because He found that the source of His strength was not in His faulty flesh, but in the faultless Savior. And so in those moments when you're ready to throw in the towel, when, you, when you're ready to just say, I can't take it anymore, take comfort in the fact that other, even greater men of the faith, uh, greater than any of us in this room, have had trials that have brought them to their knees and they found strength at the throne of, uh, of Christ. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Come to this place that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Listen, this is exactly why God reminds us when, when we feel overwhelmed, He is the source of our strength. But I want to remind you too, the Apostle Paul, in the midst of this calling, reminds us that there is this, of the scope of the call. And so one of the challenges we face will be those that depart from the faith. In Timothy's day, there were those that went about the churches trying to draw people away from the true gospel. And so the Apostle Paul called to Timothy, and he uh, called him to stay true to his calling. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. He says, This charge I commit unto thee, my son Timothy, according to the promises which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a, uh, and a good conscience, which some having put away faith, uh, excuse me, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. And so he talks about this in this, in this passage here, and he says, Listen, having a focus on, uh, on the purpose that Christ has left you for. Is important. I appreciate your answers as we met together as the, in the council there and said, listen, I know that God's uh, called the church and the purpose of the church is to seek and to save the lost, to make sure that we disciple those that are saved. 
Because if there will be any good things that, there's going to be a lot of good things that attempt to draw us away from the main thing. The world is full of problems today, and there's going to be a lot of things. Uh, maybe you're going to uh, be tempted to become the next president of the United States. Let me just tell you, that's a big step down from the calling of God in your life today. There's nothing greater than what God's called us for, to seek and to save the lost, to preach the gospel with great unction and, and be able to continue to proclaim the truth that there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you, remember what God's called you for. That scope of that call is for a purpose. And so just as Paul warned Timothy about people and things that will draw away our hearts, I warn you that there will be times in ministry where you're tempted to uh, get maybe not focus on the preaching of the gospel. Maybe you want to I do this help or this good work or whatever. But let me just encourage you, come back to the Word of God, stay in the Word of God, and stay focused on that purpose. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. And he reminds him, he says, Listen, your purpose, Timothy, is to continue to fulfill the purpose that Christ had when He was here. And that was to seek and to save the lost. So as you serve the Lord, remember the greatest purpose we have is to share the gospel. Never stop in the, in the grocery store, uh, door to door, wherever we are, from the pulpit. Uh, may we be willing to say, I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ every chance I have. But let me also say that in these last days, Paul warned Timothy that there will be some that depart from the faith. And we do, I believe we live in the last days and we're seeing that now uh, at, at a breakneck speed, the signs of which Christ's coming is soon. And so he warns in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Later he would tell us in 2 Timothy, So therefore endure hardness as a good soldier. He says be, be instant in season, out of season, preach the word of God. He says, listen, even though others may depart, may we be consistent. May we say, Lord, I want to be found faithful. And so the day that you call me home, I'm still faithful to you. I want to one day to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not good try. How can we do that? How can we fulfill this high calling? Because we serve a faithful God. Never get your eyes off of the Lord. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. As we follow the high calling of God in our life, we need to be reminded that we serve a faithful God. And, and I'll tell you, He is able, He is able, I know He is able, church. There's times where maybe we become a little discouraged or uh, we look at our circumstance and there's no way that we could possibly get through this, but He is still able today. And we need to be reminded of that every single day that we serve a God who is able. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I, ask, uh, I can ask or think. He can do more than I can even imagine. You know, I limit God by my finiteness, but He is infinite. And so let us be reminded that He is able. He's able first to provide salvation. Obviously, this is God's greatest work is our greatest need. He focused on that. And sometimes there may be social problems that arise, but God sees that our greatest need is to be saved from the wrath to come. And so He focused on that through Jesus Christ, sending Him as, a, as the Son. And so uh, you were a sinner. You were in desperate need of a Savior. And by God's grace, He reached out in mercy and He offers you salvation through Christ. And so, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, Paul reminds Timothy that, listen, don't forget Jesus Christ. This is a faithful saying, unworthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And He said this, of whom I am chief. 
Sometimes we have a tendency to think, well, I'm better than someone else. Or, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor, so, you know, I'm above those things. But really, the Apostle Paul, as he grew closer to the Lord, became more and more humble before Christ. And we see that in the progression of his letters. And he said, uh, at, at one point, he says, I, I'm not even worthy. And so we see the Apostle Paul, he said, listen, I obtained mercy through Christ. And so it's Christ that I want to glorify. The closer that Paul drew to Christ the more he grew in humility. And so let me encourage you, draw nigh to Christ. Because his presence brings contentment. His presence is the one thing that helps us to be able to say, you know, Lord, I'm content. I'm satisfied with what, what uh, you've called me to here. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. You see, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, Listen, draw close to Christ. Find in Him your source of strength, your source of contentment, because that is the key to sustainable ministry. Finding that He is enough. We can sometimes feel overwhelmed by, by not having that traditional measure of success. Well, I didn't have the numbers that I'd hoped to have. I didn't have the salvations that I, you know, our traditional measures of success. But God measures success a different way. He says in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful in, the, in that walk with Christ. In that daily quiet time you talked about there in that, in that quiet meeting. Be faithful to say, God, nothing's going to separate me from, from the love of God. I believe that. But also, Lord, I don't want to walk away from you because if I draw nigh to Christ, He draws near to me. And I want to make sure that my life is walking with you on a daily basis. And so He calls us then to maintain godliness in our life. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, He says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things, all those worldly things, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. He says, listen, he said, continue in godliness. But also, we see that God is a faithful God and His faithfulness promotes our own faithfulness. This is it and I'll be done tonight and everybody will be done. Everybody will be happy. But listen, God's faithfulness enables us to be faithful. It, is, it gives us the ability to continue even when we're done. Because I'm convinced when we looked at Jesus, all the problems and the cares of this world become small. And when we looked at Jesus and we give Him all the glory, if somebody tries to bring you accolades for something good you've done and you say you deflected all to Jesus Christ, listen, you're making Him look big. I want Him to increase like John the Baptist said, and I can decrease. Have that ministry, that mindset of John the Baptist in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Man, I was sitting in that room and calculating up 365 years of cumulative ministry around that table. And I was thinking, man, what a great cloud of witnesses. And so let us therefore lay aside every weight and the sin which just so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Listen, keep your eyes upon the Lord. Your favorite scripture is on our, our folder. I think that's your favorite, Isaiah 26, 3. He says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because thou trusteth in him. Keep your eyes upon him. Keep your mind upon the Lord when, he goes, when you go through the storm. 
Those, those apostles in the midst of that boat, in the midst of the storm, they feared because they, they did not keep their eyes upon the Lord. So Paul wrote to young Timothy. And truly, uh, I feel like I've done a, a shotgun effect of 1 Timothy with you tonight. And little bits and pieces from all over, but I, I really want to encourage you to spend some time here in the Word. But 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. It says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. When does this end? He answers that. I'm glad you asked. Till I come. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy, by the, by, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy uh, profiting may appear to all. Take heed to thyself, and unto the doctrine continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Travis, there's no greater message than what Paul gave Timothy. And he instructed this young preacher to invest his life in, in his personal walk and also in the public practice. Without that personal walk, there will be no public practice. Invest in that, that uh, personal walk. He says this, 1 Timothy 1.18, he says, I charge, I, This charge I commit thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good war, warfare, holding faith. Don't give up. Never give up. When the going gets tough, and today's a high for you, I, I hope and pray that uh, God gives you many, many more blessings, but the reality is if you're going to serve God like God's called you to serve, you're going to go through some trials because you have an adversary, the devil. But there's one issue I want to just leave with now. I can't, I, I can't just leave this out. Because one of your greatest ministries is sitting beside you. You see, Timothy was a multi-generational believer. At least three generations of believers uh, is where Timothy landed. His grandmother, his mother, and now Timothy. In this opportunity, you have, a, you have an opportunity to see multi-generational believers. But you see, it starts at home. I'm going to be godly in my home, just like I am at church. Don't be two different things. Because when we're two different things, it causes confusion in those little guys. And they don't know who to follow. Care for your wife. Love her, cherish her. Honor her, but never put her above God. But honor her. Your wife needs you to be that godly example. She needs you to be that loving, humble leader. That example like Christ who gave of himself. That's what God needs from you and what your wife needs from you. She needs you to love her with a devotion that cares nothing for self but everything for her. And when ministers fail to do so, they fail in their family and they fail in their uh, public life. They do so because this public and this private life don't match up. They're one thing behind the curtain and they're one thing on the platform. Make those things the same. Travis and Megan, there's no doubt that God's called you. There's no doubt in my mind that God's got great plans for you. And so I just want to remind you of this last scripture. 
1 Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Never forget we serve a faithful God. Father, we just love you so very much and we're thankful for you. And tonight as we just come before you, just thank you for Travis and Macon. Lord, for this opportunity we have to set them apart for the gospel ministry. Lord, I pray your protection on their home, but also pray that you would give them great uh, blessings, Lord, and also that you would give them great unction, Lord, to continue in the ministry. Thank you for their support of their family that's here tonight. But may we see you do great and mighty things through this young man. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, I'm going to invite uh, Travis and Megan to come, Pastor uh, Tolbert and Sister Shirley, who had such an important uh, role in their life. They're right down here, guys. We'll do it right down here. Uh, and we're going to pre- they're going to present the cert- Certificate of Ordination and the Bible, and we have some flowers for Megan.